Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Boardwalk Hardwood Floors Blues booth. Boardwalk Hardwood Floors has great floors for every home with locations in West County, South County, St. Charles County, and our new location in Mid-County. And online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. The St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild will play Game 5 of their best-of-seven first-round Stanley Cup playoff series tomorrow at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale will have the call at 8.30. Alex Ferrario's pregame at 7.30 right here on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. And we head into the Blues booth. And joining us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is the voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN, Chris Kerber. Kerbs, good morning. How are you doing? Randy, I'm doing awesome today. How are you? Everything's good. And let's start with the fact that the Blues started Jordan Bennington between the pipes yesterday. I wasn't surprised with, A, the fact that Bennington got the start, or B, with his performance. What did you think? Yeah, and I, uh, surprised with neither as well. And, you, you know, you and I have had some uh, plenty of talks over the course of the year, and I've been pretty steadfast on the fact that I thought that Jordan Bennington was still going to have an impact on this team in the playoff run. And I don't think it's any indictment in any way on Billy Huso over the first uh, few games of the series. As a matter of fact, he was so brilliant in game number one. But it was just a different look and a different feel uh, for the team to change things up. And I think we've seen a lot of uh, goaltenders used already in these playoffs. The, The pace of the final month of the season, plus going straight into the playoffs and every other day, I think is lending to the fact that you really needed both goaltenders and boy did Jordan come through for this team. Curb, so good to hear you on these broadcasts. It's been so fun during this series. Alexa here, by the way. I want to talk about Letty and Bortuzzo. Tell me we're getting reinforcements back, just like we've been hearing echoing in these post-game press conferences. Well, Mike Van Ryan joined us uh, on, you know, he does a great hit with us after Blues victories uh, right from the side of the bench immediately after the game. And he mentioned the same thing. He, he said that he hopes that we get a couple of soldiers back from, uh, you know, going into this next game. I, I know that they've been working hard, both Letty and Bortuzzo, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, so uh, besides what you know, I really don't know anything more than that, other than uh, it seems to be very positive rhetoric coming from the coaching staff that one, if not both of these guys, could be available for game five. And that that would be quite a boost because – the challenging situation the Blues are in, guys, is a result of what I still think is a bad rule. Now, it's a rule that's in place to protect the minor league system and the veteran players. So, in other words, once the trade deadline comes, a team can only have four total call-ups. And the Blues had used all four. They were able to play seven defensemen last night, including Santini and Perunovic, because they were in the emergency situation where they could not field a lineup with six healthy defensemen. That's why the game before they could not do seven defensemen when I think they really, truly would have wanted to do so. And because the, the Blues have a good minor league system, because Springfield is a really good team, and because they're still playing, they don't have the full regiment of players at their disposal, say, like Minnesota does, because the Iowa Wild is already done. So the Blues were able to play the seven defensemen. It was a, a plan that worked. Counting the regular season, they're now 9-4-2 in situations when they use that 
that that roster formation. Uh, but so when those guys or one or two of those guys come back, it's still going to impact their ability on how the roster has to go. So I, I thought they took advantage of that situation as best they could, played really well, and you do hope to get one, if not both of those guys back. And Curbs, in limited minutes, Scott Perunovich, when he has the puck on his stick, it shows up. He's really a noticeable player, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And Craig Maruby, when talking to uh, some of the media in the morning, talked about how the fact that, look, the guy probably deserved to make this team out of camp, but they just had healthy defensive numbers. He went down and he lit it up in the American Hockey League. And then when they brought him up, he did go through some growing pains. And unfortunately, you know, after going back down, having not played for a little while, he got hurt. So a good player. Look, he's a Hobie Baker winner. You know, that's, that's the Heisman Trophy of, of college hockey. And, and he won a national championship. So he's been in some high-pressure situations. And I thought in those limited minutes, and they really wanted him in there to kind of replace Tory Krug on that power play unit. I know the power play didn't get a goal on, on when he was out there, but he looked pretty good quarterbacking it. He looked very comfortable. Curbs Baruby shaking up the line. Shen O'Reilly Perron, uh, three beautiful words that were utilized uh, very well in that game, shutting down that Erickson Eck line. What can we see in terms of this line going forward? Well, Ryan O'Reilly was a beast last night. I mean, he, he he was just absolutely fantastic. Joe Vitale and I, after the game, kind of described it as a captain's game. He he, he led his team into the fight in that game and, and was just excellent. That line was fantastic. The Blues played with composure. Craig Berube didn't really like some of what he saw on the bench or how the team was reacting to the situations that developed over the course of game three. So he had what he described as a tough meeting, said some things he said that might have been hard for some guys to hear, and uh, and really came out, and he really liked the team's composure in that game. So it starts with that, and it starts with that line that did a great job on, on the Minnesota grief line. The, the other line that uh, you really have to look at and give some credit to is the the Russian line that they put together with Barbashev, Butchnevich, and Tarasenko. They've got some good chances. You know, no, they didn't get any offense in the game for the most part. But that line ended up getting the assignment against the Kaprizov line, and I think they took some pride in that. They did a pretty good job against them. So uh, I I know Kaprizov got loose on that one play. Vladimir Tarasenko probably could have dropped down a little bit lower. Marco Scandella coming over to help more in the middle on that one goal. But for the most part, I thought they did a really good job. And once again, you know, kind of the – adjustments that this coaching staff made proves to be a a very good fruitful one. And Curbs, it seemed like especially in the two games that the Blues lost, in games two and three that they started running around looking for the hit a little bit and that resulted in some of the odd man rushes coming back yesterday just looked like more of a structured setup for me and not running around looking for the hit. Did you see it that way? Yeah, you know what there's a couple things there Randy. I think first off you're absolutely right. That was the composure part that Craig Berube talked about, but I think that team was just overhyped. I mean, they were juiced up and ready to go. And and I'm, I'm seeing this throughout all the playoffs when you watch all these other games. Look, it, this is the first playoffs in two years where the teams have played kind of a normal situation, a normal schedule in front of packed houses, right? And I, I think it's resulting in some amped-up first-round hockey, which has frankly been fun to see. But the other part of it is the Blues know and understand what type of team they are. They know they're not the grind-it-down-low team that they were the previous couple of years. They know they're a team that seems to create more off the rush. And in understanding that, when you look at the head-to-head games between the Blues and the Minnesota Wild in the regular season, the rush chances created were something like 25 
to 18 or 25 to 17 favoring the Blues in the regular season. Through the first three games of this playoff series, that had flipped to where Minnesota was was out chancing the Blues on the rush by, I believe it was 18 to 15 or 18 to 14. Now, it may not sound like a lot, but it just shows how the adjustments in the series made. I think the Blues flipped that script back yesterday. They controlled the rush chances of Minnesota much better. They created some on their own, as evidenced by a couple of great plays by Jordan Cairo. He had the two goals. He had another three point-blank chances in the slot. He chose to pass rather than shoot. And, uh, and, and I think that that is a huge key going into game number five is controlling those rush chances both for and against. Ruby mentioned about Kyrou that he was on his toes, challenging guys one-on-one, really playing his style of hockey. Yeah, those two goals, but Ruby said he could have given us four. How much more Kyrou are we going to see and his style of hockey going forward? Well, so we're going back to Minnesota, Alexa, and so we'll see how the matchups go you know, and what Dean Evason is going to try to do uh, in, in that game. And I, I think no doubt again, He's going to try to keep that Erickson Eck line away from the O'Reilly line as, as best as he possibly can. But Jordan Cairo is such a, a key piece. Now, I, he did not have a very good game one, despite the Blues win, was was kind of invisible in that game. His game has gotten better over games two, three, and four. And, and I said after game three, it still looked like he just didn't want to go into some of those areas that, that were tough enough that you have to go through. Last night, he was cutting and moving down the middle. Some of that confidence was really starting to come back. And I think that's huge. If that happens, and if they end up keeping him with Robert Thomas, there's a different look and a different balance to the lineup, the way that they've got that thing structured. And it could be really huge. So I think if he can build off of what he did in this last game, it means really good things for the Blues. Curbs, a couple more quick things. Number one, you mentioned the other series, and the only non-competitive series is the Colorado-Nashville series. But there's some crazy series, too. How about Toronto and Tampa? Every game, the the winning team has scored at least five goals, and most of the time, it's a blowout. 5 nothing, 5-3, 5-2, last night 7-3. That's been just a, a crazy series that you never know what to expect from. No, that's true. And, and, and part of that is still the... the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't have a belief system yet that they can go on a deep run until they've actually done it. Uh, they're still top-heavy. They're a very good team, you know, but are they a good enough defending team? And that remains to be seen. I think in, like, something like 24 of the 26 playoff games, Randy, uh, throughout the playoffs so far, the winning team has scored four goals. And while we have had that one great triple overtime game with, you know, the the – Spicy pork and broccoli and Louis Domingue that, that won for the Pittsburgh Penguins over the New York Rangers. We haven't seen a whole lot of close hockey yet. I mean, and you did have the one overtime game in Colorado against Nashville, too. But uh, even in this series, yesterday's game was really the, the closest game. It was the first game that was tied at some point or, or within the goal in, in the third period. So I, I think you're seeing so much of this just run-and-gun hockey, and it's entertaining across the board. And finally... Earlier in the show, Alexa and I uh, anointed Craig Berube a genius, uh, and it was in part because of what he did yesterday, but if you go back to his time with the Blues, he did win a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, is that the label that should be there, genius Craig Berube? I, you know what, if you want, I know he'd take it. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's no doubt there. Uh, listen, guys, I think... I mean, I, I really don't know that there is a better coaching staff in the league in terms of in-game adjustments and, and having a real feel for the team. And you know how you get coaches that 
will coach a certain style. And, and once, once they don't have enough players to have that style, or you'll have coaches that say, you know, don't really like to bring along the young kids, whatever it may be. This is not this coaching staff. This coaching staff, I think, is as good as any, if not the best in the league in terms of making in-game, during-the-game adjustments, in-between-game adjustments in the playoffs. And and then on top of that, Craig Berube has proven to maybe be the best coach in the National Hockey League right now in terms of bringing young guys along and continuing to get them to grow when they're in, in, the, in the National Hockey League. And here's another quick note for you. The Minnesota Wild just had the same lineup for the third straight game. They made the one change. They put Alex Goligoski in after game one to game two, right? And they took out Dmitry Kulikov. That's it. The Blues have lost a defenseman in every single game. And in three of the four games, they've had a defenseman get hurt in the first period and not be able to finish a game. The lat- this, this is really mind-blowing. The Blues only had the same lineup in the regular season all the way to this day time in the postseason. They only had the same lineup for four consecutive games once all year, wow. and that was games 45, 46, 47, and 48. Prior to that, they only had the same lineup three times, a handful of times, and in the last 10 games, and this includes the first four games of this series, the Blues have not had the same lineup in back-to-back games because of injuries and things that have crept up, and, and they, yet they were still able to put on the ice and come away with like the third-best record in franchise history and are tied 2-2. In, in Series 1. I mean, it's it's really impressive what this coach is doing. Curbs, great stuff. Safe travels today, and we will be tuned in tomorrow for game number five and come home with an opportunity for us to get it in six because that's what I predicted. I love the thought of that. Randy, Alexa, thank you very much. Have an awesome week. You too. Thanks, Curbs. Yep. That's the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.